to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Reactive dog guardians. If your dog lunges, barks, generally loses it. The dogs, people, squirrels, skateboards, we have a free mini course just for you. Head over to agoodfeelingdogtraining.com, click free resource to get started on your reactive dog training journey today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs the Podcast. We are so glad that you are with us. I have one of my lovely Reactive Redefined students with me today, and we are going to talk about her experience inside of Reactive Redefined. If you are new to the podcast and you're like, what is Reactive Redefined? Um, it is our specialized coaching program for reactive dogs and their guardians. It is completely virtual. And while that sounds crazy, it is not. We are seeing so much amazing success. So um, Inara, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners? Yeah, sure. So my name's Inara. I'm, I live in Montreal, Canada. Um, my dog, Billa, is has been with us since January um, of 2021, so almost a year now. Um, and we joined Reactive Redefined because um, she has had uh, some reactivity issues almost since uh, when we first got her. Um, and we're really just looking for a way to make her feel more comfortable and happy. Um, and I came across um, this program on Instagram, actually. So that's how I'm here. I'm really excited to be here. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. Okay, so tell everybody what um, she looks like. Do we know her breeds? No. Yes. No, Mike, I, I want to get the Embark test for uh, Christmas for myself as a gift. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we think so she she actually came she's a rescue that came from Iran. Um, so she arrived to us at the airport uh, straight from the Middle East. Um, she was found on the street in, in the streets of Tehran um, as a four-month-old puppy. Uh, she was then living in a compound with other dogs at like a pseudo rescue. Um, and we got her at about two, a bit less than two years old. Um, but she looks, she's blonde, um, but she has like a Anatolian shepherd kind of look, but she's a bit more thin and she has a long snout. So we're thinking there's some sort of like hound Saluki, that type of area dog in there. Um, but I'm really interested to see what the test actually says. So no, we don't know. Um, but she's kind of medium build. She's 60 pounds. Um, Adorable ears. Oh my God. Very <laughs> floppy ears. Very uh, expressive face. I, at least I think. Um, <sighs> But yeah, very sweet. We love her so much. Okay, so I want to talk kind of about the early days because there was some pretty some pretty serious health stuff happening Ooh. before you could even like really address training. You had to get her healthy. Oh yeah, so we got her. Um, I I very uh, sneakily did the whole wait thirty days for the pet insurance to kick in before bringing her to the vet because um, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. Um, brought her to the vet she's also I mean extremely fearful so the, every vet experience is horrible so keep that in mind when you're listening to this story 
Um, we bring her to the vet. The vet goes, has she been spayed? We were told by the vet in Iran that like half her uterus had been taken out, not the full thing. So, um, so yeah, she, she got her first heat with us. And that's when we realized that something like she wasn't fully spayed. And so she had to get her full spaying done. Um, and that was probably within a, six weeks of her get, us getting her. So the poor girl had to wear the cone, everything, new home, feeling sick. She was also so thin. She wasn't um, digesting her food properly. Uh, she had diarrhea for the first, I think, three months um, until yeah. we finally figured that out. Um, and then about two, I'd say two months later, maybe a month and a half later, she developed a cyst that had to eventually be surgically removed because uh, antibiotics didn't work. So we went through two quite decently big surgeries within the first four months um and that was really really difficult as a first-time dog owner like just dealing with that emotional toll uh never mind all the other behavioral issues so well and knowing that the vet visits were yucky and they sucked but they were necessary right so every time we brought her to the vet you could tell she was terrified she didn't want to be touched she she she's even scared of going into new new indoor places with the floors so she wasn't even sure on the floor I had to, like, she'd take food, but, like, you could tell she was just, like, so unhappy. And luckily, we haven't had to go go to the vet recently, but I'm, like, always just not looking forward to it, mostly because it makes her so uncomfortable. Right, right. Okay, so she had those two major surgeries, and then you kind of got to, like, a stable health point, yes? Yeah, I would say in... I think by June, we had all of her health issues figured out. She even had had, she had an ear infection on top of that. Uh, we got that sorted out with, also took multiple vet visits because we couldn't apply the, the medicine ourselves because she wouldn't allow us to. Um, and finally, I think in June it was, and we had her finally on some behavioral meds as well. And that's when we started thinking about training. Um, and yeah, when, when we started seeing a couple of like really good changes um in her in her behavior and progress um but we still had like so far to go (laughs) that was just in june i think she only felt comfortable in our home with us both of us that's how long it took wow right well and it's like you know i think that we have to you know put a little bit of context into like the culture shock i'm sure that she was experiencing right like coming from Iran and then like being in a city, a different climate. And then she wasn't healthy. The climate. For, right. Yeah. And the, I mean, she shows up and everyone's, I think the thing, everyone's wearing large jackets, hats, hoods. Now I'm, it's winter again here now. And I'm seeing that, that, that also had a huge impact on her reactivity, just like how people are dressed completely differently. Yeah, in the first in the first few months when we had her, we I hadn't thought to buy her boots yet because a lot of the dogs that I know here don't need winter boots; they're warm enough. And she, we would get five minutes into a walk, and she would fall down on the ground because she would, didn't want to put pressure on her feet because they were so cold. Oh my god, so, sweet girl! <laughs> I know. And then she hates wearing her boots, but I put them on because it's Canada and it's like minus it's minus ten right now <laughs> I think, outside. So like, you're wearing your boots, but she's not happy. Um, but yeah, just like figuring all these little details out this and and she had diarrhea. So she arrived from this long flight covered in I won't describe but it wasn't pretty. 
just like so many things went wrong. So I, I get now understanding where she was coming from, why it took so long. But you know, you get told like two months, three months, and and that was not the case for us. So no, she did it a lot more time than that, yeah. right? Okay, so once she started feeling more comfortable in the house, at least, can mm-hmm. you kind of describe some of the reactive behaviors that were challenging to deal with just like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, well, the first thing that the hardest thing to get over was the in-house reactivity. So she would, in certain cases, I wouldn't say it wasn't like a lunge with like teeth and barking, but she would she would startle easily if my partner was walking directly towards me and she was kind of in the space. Um, and, and it looked like a mix of excitement and un- uncertainty, but it was still like not a good thing going on so we definitely have been we still work on it every day um if it were in one of those spots in our apartment um that she gets treats if he's approaching um so that was the first big one the, then that was happening throughout the whole time but then um her outdoor reactivity started showing up and um I definitely I'm a first time dog owner so is my partner we definitely did a lot of things wrong at the beginning and I don't want to attribute her reactivity to that but I definitely think that made it worse Um, and so within a few weeks she started being extremely leash reactive towards dogs um, towards uh, any other people other than us Um, and yeah, like uh, most mostly dogs and people if they were trying to approach. So she could like pass people on the street. But if, if suddenly that person made a weird move or stopped or did something unpredictable, then she would react. Um, and that was really tough. I spent a couple of really tough weeks just not wanting to go outside. Um, right. Because it becomes aversive and you don't feel like, you know, what to oh, do. It was and like, you know, we don't want to put other people in positions either where they feel like this dog is like lunging at them and they don't know yeah. why. Right. Like, yeah. you know, obviously I think the world at large could be a little bit more tolerant of like dogs doing dog things, but also right. Like you want to be a respectful community member and not have your dog like Absolutely. lunging at people. <laughs> Yeah, well, the hardest, I think with the people I could kind of manage, and I still, it's much easier managing around strangers. And I, I've, I've found my own coping mechanism of, of out loud being like, oh, it's okay, they're not scary, so that the person understands that she's afraid and she's not being aggressive. So that's that. a way that I cope with that. And I get a lot of good reactions from people just like laughing it off and being like, oh, sorry, like I didn't mean to scare your dog. Instead of like, I turn it on to them because she's just scared so that they understand um but with dogs I don't know why it's it's her her reactions are so much harder to manage and I also can't it's harder to manage where dog owners are going and where they're stopping and a lot of dog owners don't understand not to follow reactive dogs or not to get like or to give a space um and I find that much more difficult yeah okay yeah. so clearly a lot of the root of her reactivity comes from fear. Do you feel like the reactivity to the dogs, do you feel like it depends? Do you feel like she's always afraid? Do you think sometimes she's interested? She's frustrated. She can't get there. Like as she's been with you longer and you're seeing her become more and more comfortable, like Mm -hmm. what's shining through as far as like the emotional fuel for some of the dog reactivity. A big thing I notice is she's more reactive closer to home and she's also more reactive towards people if they're in her space. So I think part of that is some sort of like guarding instinct if she's part shepherd or whatever, that makes total sense to me. 
So like if we're off a, on a far hike and she sees a dog, she's much less likely to react at a closer distance than we are around the block or right, right outside of our front door. Um, so that's the first thing that shines through. And that's also made it easier for me to do some training with her. If I take her on a hike, I can like gauge with new dogs, how much closer we can get. Um, similarly with like people, if they're not near our home, she's a bit less freaked out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a mix of like fear, uncertainty, and she's not only just leash reactive, like this dog is not comfortable around dogs in the dog park if she's off leash she's like very hesitant so it's it's not only it's not frustration based in that sense she doesn't want the dogs to be near her right right and it's interesting right because like you know and obviously this can only be speculation but if she was living in a compound with a lot of dogs I imagine that probably was a pretty yucky stressful experience right like yeah you know that there's a lot of pressure and I think people are doing the best that they can but like that many animals being in the same place, there's bound to be a lot of stress and tension that she can't avoid. Absolutely. And we, we worked partly with a trainer in Montreal um, who was helping us out with the indoor reactivity for a bit before we started working with you guys. Um, and she explained, cause I was like, we were told like, obviously now I know a lot more about dog behavior and I would have done, I had a very different approach to, to adoption and, and, and rescues, but here we are. Yeah. Um, but we were, I was, it was explained to me that like, she might've just been suppressing all of her emotions at this compound and not shown any of this reactivity because she had to survive there and live with these dogs. And if she was showing those behaviors in that situation, she wouldn't be doing well. And so I think she learned to kind of just, just deal with it. Um, and maybe there was part of the trauma of getting all the way over here and stuff and me putting into her, her into situations that she wasn't ready for here. But I think a lot of that was also that her suppressing, um, how she was feeling. So. Right. Right. So much to unpack and learn. Okay. So you did you, so you did work with a trainer in person. Okay. And then was that a positive reinforcement trainer? Yeah, it was. Um, she is great. So she, uh, I don't, I'm not going to mention her name because I don't know if she'd like to be, um, right mentioned. Uh, but she came to our home once when, when the lunging indoors got really bad, just so she could like meet Billa and, and I just needed someone to see her in person to tell me we weren't like doing the complete wrong thing. Um, so that reassured us, but she's definitely like, Billa's not great with people. So we, we, the rest of our sessions were online. Um, similarly, we, we just chatted over zoom and I kind of used her as more of a, like, um, resource whenever I needed a little bit of guidance that I couldn't figure out on my own because we're doing this on a budget. So, um, yeah, she was there to help when I needed to figure out, like we started muzzle training with her. Um, she started to help us with some of the like basic, like place and a bit of heel and stuff like that. And just getting her comfortable in the house. Um, she also helped us learn a lot more about her uh, body language, which was great. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so nice to like, just be the continuation, right? Like, thank you so much to your trainer who gave you all of that information, right. That you already had on board before you joined reactive redefined. Okay. Was that the only trainer you worked with before you joined reactive redefined? Uh, yes. I contacted some other trainers and I got a lot of the very similar, like pack leader, uh, alpha information and the trainer that we actually ended up working with explained that like a lot of the ways that I would have been told to train Bella would have just like suppressed her emotions more and I could definitely see that because I think at the beginning 
when I was really desperate, I just like took a slip lead and was like, I have to figure something out. And she, she just like totally shut down and was like, this is horrible. And I found it horrible. And so I'm really happy that like we made it this way. And I would say like social media probably played a huge role in that. I was able to find the positive uh, reinforcement community on Instagram. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that's how I found you guys. So I love it. I love it. Social media is so beautiful in so many ways. Okay. So um, what made you finally kind of like make the leap to join Reactive Redefined? Yeah. So, I mean, Billa had been being really comfortable with us. Uh, we also went through, oh, I didn't even mention, we did go through some separation anxiety training. Um, I did an online course and we did the whole protocol of desensitization over the summer. So from May to I think August, we got from five thirty seconds to four hours, which amazing. I'm very grateful for because that was the hardest part was the isolation. We just couldn't leave her alone and we couldn't take her anywhere. So <laughs> what do you do? Right. 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 Like yeah. you had to prioritize that. You had to leave yeah, her alone. That had she to had to be, to be the confident first. Right. Yeah. Right. So we, we got her to a space. She recently had her first regression, but we worked through it. Um, and we've, we have her at a place where if I need to leave the house for half a day, I can, and she's going to be okay. Um, so that was the first thing. Um, and that's what we worked on all summer. And also all summer, we ended up going to my cottage place a lot. Um, and so getting her used to a new indoor space took all summer also. <laughs> yes. um, but I'm very proud of her. And she can like now do four hours in the cottage alone with like outdoor noises maybe happening. Um, and she's totally confident there. So that that was a huge relief as well. Um, and I also in the summer, our schedules were sort of all over the place. So I didn't want to, I wanted to commit to training when I actually could have the full time to do it um, because I had to, I have to make this work budget wise and I can't just keep redoing oh, these yeah. training programs and not getting the most out of them. So that was, I decided like, Hey, September's our time. We're going to like get going. I'm going to find the right program for us and our budget. Um, and, and you guys ended up being the right fit. So. Oh my God. I love it. I'm so glad you found us. Okay. So I want to talk about some of the early training plans that we worked on together, right? So hmm. one of the major goals initially was bringing um, another person into her circle who could walk her, yeah. right? Because you also yes. live a life and have a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, my biggest goal was for me, cause we, I'm happy to leave her for four or five hours, but I, I don't, necessarily feel fully comfortable leaving her for like eight nine hours alone without a walk in the middle I know people do that and I'm not like against that at all I just don't think she's there yet Um, and so I wanted my goal was for me and Nick to potentially be able to go skiing this winter and have someone come in in the middle of the day and walk her so that she like at least has a little bit of fun and can do what she needs to do Um, so yeah that was a big goal and just like I think expanding her social circle as you told us would like increase her confidence so um, I think it has been um, but it's hard to tell still right right okay that was our goal right okay and because we know that Bella is an exceptional dog that takes time and patience you have been working diligently with your awesome dog walker, right? So shout out to her. Um, and can you kind of share with the listeners, like, um, how it felt to get that initial plan for me and start implementing it and then like starting to get feedback as we went. Yeah. So we started with the, we had two sessions with the dog walker before we joined reactive redefined and they were a total disaster. We had, uh, we started with just, um, 
a walk with me and the walker and the walker was like it's okay like I'll walk next to you and I'll feed her treats and like she'll be fine and like Billa was like not happy she reacted to her so many times we tried so many different setups it was too close too soon too fast for her um and then and the walker also the walker has a bit of experience with with dogs she has two dogs but she had never worked with such an exceptional case yes um (laughs) So we, I was kind of like, oh, what do we do? Like we have the, we're paying this lovely girl to come meet our dog and she's getting barked at and lunged at. And like, I don't want to, I like really am making her uncomfortable. Um, and, and then, yeah, you, you started us out having just the walker walk way ahead and us walking far behind and slowly getting closer and closer to the walker um, and rewarding every time Billa showed any interest or got close enough that like, maybe she might need a little break. So I would walk behind the walker, Billa would maybe get a sniff in, the walker might stop, I'd call her back, she'd get a treat, and like, we'd keep going. And about three to four sessions in, Billa was happy to be walking next to the walker, um, the walker would walk behind us sometimes. So she was like, comfortable with her in our space. Um, and that just was also like, life changing already for us because I had never had Billa walk that close to another human being without barking at them. Uh, So that was cool. Uh, And then we slowly progressed to um, having the walker do some engagement with Billa. So we started the go say hello cue, which for us is just uh, two fingers and we say the word boop and she has to nose touch our fingers. Um, So we did a couple of those with the walker every time. Um, Billa started to get comfortable with that. And then we also did some passwords. So um, saying hi, Billa, and then giving her, uh, throwing a treat down for her. Right. Um, So yeah, that was all like, uh, there were some days that were worse than others. Um, It's, it's, it's hard when you're a first time dog owner to realize that like dogs just have bad days sometimes. And you don't think about that when you've never had a dog. (laughs) Uh, so that sometimes I get so sad when, when she'd maybe react to the walker and stuff and the walker is like, oh, she's probably just having a bad day. And I'm like, oh, it's all over. We're never going to get back to it. But, uh, we finally made it to the point where we could hand over the leash to the walker. Um, and now we're at the point where 90% of the walk is Billa and the walker way ahead of me and me just walking behind. Um, and now we're trying to get through this big hoop of the walker walking without me or my partner so right that's where we're at right now okay but that's making big progress okay so I remember when I left you the comment on your video I was like you need to hand the leash over and you were like yeah are you sure and I was like I'm sure you should do this and I think something that like something we discussed together was like her body language is telling us that she is ready right and like you know I think that a lot of us struggle with our own um I don't know, risk aversion, right? Absolutely. Where we're like, Ooh, I, don't, I don't know, is it going to make it worse? And, you know, mm-hmm. I really do my best to acknowledge everyone, but I, I felt very confident that it was time, right? Do you want to okay. kind of speak <laughs> about like, um, I don't know, your own emotional, you know, baggage and how you kind of have, you're having to work through that because of Billy? Absolutely. I'm also happy to say that I'm in therapy right now, working through a lot of these things. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I just having seen Billa react so badly to so many people and especially the walker the first few times I was, I was just, I'd never had the experience of letting anyone else handle her and it being a good time. 
So me having to get over that. And the walker also, because the walker has been barked at by her and lunged at by her before. So I think we're both kind of like, is she okay? She, yeah, we're both. I always check in with her, make sure she's feeling safe and comfortable. Um, but yeah, having to re- like consistently every day remind myself that she's probably a bit further than I think she is. And that the times that she maybe has a reaction, it's not really the reaction that we used to be getting. Um, that's also a big change. I now realize that I've been like exaggerating every time Billa barks into like me thinking it's a full-blown reaction when really she's just a dog that's barking right so that's a hard thing for me to distinguish but recently we had a walk with the walker and it started out so terrible it could have been a, a like a comedy tv show I get outside I hand the leash over Suddenly the garbage truck is coming down the street. Two big guys with high vis are on the sidewalk with Billa and the walker. Billa like hates high vis. She doesn't like men approaching her. <laughs> so there's all this going on. I'm trying to like go inside and let the walker keep going. Billa obviously like barks at the walker a couple times, but like just barks at her. The walker gives her a treat. She like looks around, barks at her, gives her a treat. And like she was able to calm down and be totally fine. Even in this like crazy hustle bustle terrible uh situation so I was proud of myself for like being like are you okay okay keep the leash you know what I mean like I'm not gonna automatically take the leash from you and 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 just take it back you know what I mean so we I think we're both kind of working through that but yeah every day I think we get a little bit better Oh my God, so much better. And I think, you know, kind of to circle back to like the distinction between like what is normal as far as like what we're seeing and what is the reactive behavior that needs to be modified for her own well being, right? And like yeah. that is uh, so specific to each individual dog, right? But I think that that's the really cool thing about reactive redefined is that like I am seeing videos every week, right? Like I'm monitoring progress, I'm learning Bella's body language and we're learning those things. And it opens up this nice, you know, place for me to be like, I think that that was just normal dog barking, right? Like to help you kind of give you a little bit more context about like, I don't think that this is a full blown reaction and, you know, talking about her body language and recovery times and all of that, but Mm. yeah. Right. Like it's not an easy line to draw on the sand between like, this is normal or this is coming from like a really fearful, emotional place. Especially when you're used to like only fearful, emotional reactions. And then suddenly that your dog barks and you're like, Oh, it must be the same thing. And really they're probably just like giving a tiny bit of warning that they're not feeling a hundred percent, but that's okay. Um, so but for me too, like, I, I feel so like, I don't know, more confident knowing that like, okay, if I don't understand what's going on, I can ask Rachel what's going on later. Um, also me looking back at the videos and be like, oh, that wasn't actually too bad. In the moment, it felt a bit scary because she has a very deep bark. And so she can be very intimidating. But looking back at the video, she did a little bark and then walked away. And I'm like, oh, she like, she was able to give herself <laughs> space and self-soothe. Like, it's fine. Um, so yeah, that's been, it's been really nice. And it also really keeps me focused on her training, knowing that like, I'm going to get videos to you every week so that we can be making progress and making the most out of this. So yeah. Right. And I think it's like a perfect combination of accountability and motivation, right? Because like, you know, it's not a small investment being a part of reactive redefined and that's on purpose because I want people to invest and make the commitment, right. So that you can get the most out of the program. And you really have taken me up on all of that. I look forward to seeing your videos every week. And I mean, I think we have to highlight how Billy is silly. She is a silly girl and she likes to play and she has this like 
spunky streak. And oh my God, Inara, when I watch your videos, I, I hope you know how much joy it brings me just to see a glimmer of her joy. You know, that because- makes me very happy. <laughs> because I like not many people get to see her when she's the most comfortable, happy funny silly dog and she is like if it was up to her we'd be playing like 12 hours a day (laughs) all she wants to do is play and like get chased and chase us and she's really wobbly because she has some issues with her back legs so she looks really like cute and (laughs) funny and I yeah I sometimes hesitate to upload just videos of her being silly but I kind of want to share and I'm like just just here's a little clip of her being funny even though it has nothing to do with her training (laughs) I love those videos so very much. I really do. Okay. So um, in addition to working with the walker, we've also just been, you know, implementing some of the strategies just to decrease her overall reactivity when she's on a leash. Do you want to speak to some of the um, exercises and training advice that you've received in Reactive Redefine that you've been able to implement and see some nice progress with? Yeah, for sure. So the big one that comes to mind is her, her like loose leash walking her, her heel. I, we call it her heel command, but she's not like fully. Right. She's just walking at she's your just side. Walking next to us. We just call it a heel. Um, but yeah, prior to reactive redefine, like I didn't really understand how to build duration for that skill. We had her, she was able to come up for a heel. And then like, as soon as she got the treat, she would just like do what she needed to do. And that was fine for us because the list of things we wanted to cover loose leash walking was just so low priority um but now that like we've been practicing um I practice in the house sometimes I practice in the yard like I can tell that she's much more responsive when I do do it on walks um and that's been really helpful also just to keep her engaged in walks and keep her kind of aware of where I am has been really helpful um I don't think it's at the point yet where she where I could actively get her to get past the trigger with it but I I can see where how it could get there and we've built so much duration in the last even two weeks that it's way more than I could have done or I did all summer so um, that's right but so you can see like when it is more fluent when the triggers are around how functional right like how it can become just another functional skill set so that you all can navigate so Mm -hmm. can you give the listeners just a little bit more of an idea of like the level of triggers that you encounter on your daily outings uh level of triggers so I say I see at least I have I'd say one dog reaction uh, a a day, not a walk, because I'm pretty good at avoiding them now. Right. <laughs> um, and 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 now we can basically avoid big reactions almost completely unless a dog literally comes out of their house when we're right next to them on the sidewalk, and that happened twice yesterday, obviously, but it hasn't happened for like two weeks, so you know. Um. So that's just. Yeah, we we encounter we have a lot of dogs in the neighborhood. I'm constantly managing her on our walks and we've gotten really good at it. Um so I I feel like her reactions have been down. Um but now with winter, we have a whole new set of kind of criteria that we have to add. So there's people in bigger jackets, people in hoods, um little kids in big snowsuits kind of doing <laughs> funny movements. So I think we're going to be working on those a little bit more, but um I, the one thing I would say about our neighborhood is we don't have many people trying to approach her to pet her, which is great. Totally. <laughs> like I don't get friendly people being like, Oh, your dog's so cute. Can I pet them? I don't get that at all, which is, I'm like very grateful for. <laughs> right. Um, so that's nice. So the biggest thing is probably like dogs. Um, and, and, and if a kid or, or a person just does something unexpected, 
Um, the other day we were walking in front of a couple and we can walk, I mean, walking behind a couple and we can walk pretty com- comfortably behind people really close. But then for, suddenly the, the person like turned and went to tie his boot and she like lost it. She was like, why is this person bending over? They're not, they're not supposed to be doing that. This is not allowed. So this is like, breaking the rules yeah. according to Billet. <laughs> so learning all of those like new criteria each time um but now like next time I might not walk so close to a couple in the dark because she won't be able to tell what they're doing in that case so yeah uh but yeah it's it's a daily daily constant thing and and what's frustrating is that for some reason or another she's much more reactive with me than with my partner on walks um we think that might be a protecting thing I'm with her all day um or it could be my energy. I don't know. I've heard a lot of different theories on why that could be, but it's just what it is. Right, right. Okay, so um, do you want to speak just a little bit? To, because I know you and Nick have really been working as a team on this, right? And you both have been a part of Reactive Redefine. So for those of you who are listening, who you have a partner and you both are raising the dog together, please know that I want you all to participate, right? And Nick has been so freaking awesome and like, doing the training and following through and being in the group calls. Um, do you want to just kind of speak to, you know, how it's been helpful to have your partner on the same page and like you both are kind of absorbing the same information through the program? Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I signed up, I told Nick, I was like, look, I'll do all the, like did all the modules online and I'll tell you what we need to cover. That's important to us. Um, he's a very different learner than me. So it just like, wasn't something that he would necessarily benefit from. Um, but then I, I was really adamant about both of us being on the calls mostly just to like hear feedback, feel like we're a part of something, feel like we're not alone because also for him, it's his first time with a dog and a reactive dog. Um, and that's been really great. And it's also, yeah, I think it gives him like, um, a little more motivation well not motivation he doesn't need motivation to help but like he's been so good with taking videos when I need it um, it's much easier to get videos of your dog on walks when you don't have to take them while you're walking the dog <laughs> balancing the treat pouch looking for triggers like it's a lot um, so that's been really great but I also found it's also like built his and Bella's relationship like as I said there were a couple of issues before um, and I think we've seen crazy progress with his and her relationship in the last two, three months also. So that's been really huge and it just makes us feel like we're a team and, and we're in this together. So. Right. Yeah. I, can, I, I really like it. Well, and it can only benefit everybody if you're all on the same page about what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Because I think oftentimes like creates a lot of turmoil in relationships when you're like, no, we should do it this way. No, we should do it this way. Right. And like when you well, both can just, Go ahead. Yeah. At the beginning, that's where we, cause neither of us knew anything about dog training. And so we were trying to wrap our heads around positive reinforcement, but we didn't have all the information. We didn't really understand the science. And like, we sometimes would really clash on like what we think is best, but we, neither of us had any idea and, and having to wrap our heads around our other trainer being like, you just need to, to treat when this happens and treat a lot when this happens. And that was a hard thing to get both of us used to. Um, so this also, yeah, keeps us on the same page, gives us the same information. Um, the nice thing is that like Nick doesn't love talking on video and he doesn't love sharing, but like I get to do that part and he can just sit back and listen and, and engage as much as he wants to. So that's also been nice. There's no pressure on him to kind of go out of his comfort zone if he doesn't want to. Um, yeah, which I think absolutely. He, really, he really appreciates. <laughs> well, and I think that like, you know, to your point about like different learning styles, right? Like we all have different learning and communication styles. And I think that the group calls are cool, right? Because 
you can participate as much or as little as you want, but still being there, there's so much to learn just from listening, even if you don't say a single word, right? Like everybody has different perspectives and everyone um, in the group calls, we share videos, right? I share videos of everybody. And I think that it's a really cool list, um, really cool way to generalize your dog body language knowledge because you get to see videos of different shapes and sizes of dogs and kind of understand like some of what their body language cues are also, right? And I think it, you know, just gives a perspective where maybe we can observe some of those things in our own dogs too. Absolutely. And like, just, I also love listening to all the other dog um, guardians, like, talk about one little thing that they happen or they're struggling with. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Or like, oh yeah, that's a thing we need to also get through at some point, you know, like we're not all at the same place, but I could start recognizing things that maybe we've already done or we need to do down the line and like hearing people's reactions and their tips and their, how they're feeling going through all of this has been just amazing, really beneficial. Um, and for Nick too, just seeing um, like other couples go through this and maybe one of them is more vocal than the other and one of them is a bit more involved in the learning than the other, but they're still both there. I think that's also been like really nice to to meet people like that. So, yeah. Oh my God. It's the best. I seriously look forward to the group calls. I just, every time I like press end on the Zoom call, I'm just like, the world is a good goddamn place, right? So thank yeah. you for restoring my faith in humanity by being such a good dog guardian. Oh, okay, God. so in addition to the group calls and the course content, do you want to kind of share on um, how you absorb some of the course content? Because I know that there's a lot. <laughs> there, there are a lot of training videos, um, but maybe yes. some takeaways that you got from the course content that we were able to accent in our one-on-one work together. Um, the biggest ones for us were the like engaging with new people, the stranger danger kind of stuff, because those were things, gaps in my knowledge that like I really could not access anywhere else for some reason. I'd never heard of those things before. Or if I had, they didn't seem to apply to me um, in that sense. So those were hugely beneficial to us. Um, otherwise, like I went through the, I, I did the whole course content in like two days and I was like, you know what, this is a lot. I'm going to trust Rachel and trust what she tells me to do. And like, if I ever need to come back to this, I can and see, um, I had seen a lot of the other things before, but just like having you put into context, how that could work for our dog was really beneficial. And I didn't want to put too much pressure on myself to remember everything because I had made that mistake before trying to prioritize too many things at once. And it didn't work. I was getting frustrated with our training. Billa couldn't remember everything. She was getting frustrated. She was like, why are you teaching me five different things at once? At the same time, we're trying to like desensitize her to people and the vet and the nail cutting and the husbandry and like all that stuff. So I just kind of like had faith in you and the fact that I would have that information if I needed it, um, but really to focus on the things that really applied to us at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why um, when you join Reactive Redefine, you have lifetime access to all of the course content because we live in the real world. <laughs> we understand that we have to prioritize yeah. a few things and that might be like two of the training exercises. But when you're ready, right, to go to the next level, you are always have that content to come back to. Yeah, absolutely. And like I've seen other dog owners on Instagram or dog guardians on Instagram just like express to their followers what they're training goals are at this time and the fact that they're like you know what this year we're just not going to deal with husbandry because we have other things to deal with that was so nice to hear because I had been putting all this pressure on myself to get everything done at once and and really that's just not realistic so 
the fact that we could focus on like Billa's human reactivity and I'm hoping maybe in the next few weeks to maybe start addressing a bit her dog reactivity um, is really what I wanted and, and gave me the space to kind of put all the other stuff aside and like even we sometimes work on her husbandry and stuff but it's been it's been really nice to just be able to focus on the one thing. Um, well, yeah. and put some more fun, right? It really takes the fun out of training when just feeling like you're constantly overwhelmed because of all the things she, you feel like she needs to know instead of just being in the moment and appreciating, like, we're going to master this, right? Like we're going to yeah. figure out the perfect formula for bringing people into her world, bringing people inside. And once we have that formula, then we're going to get to the next thing. Right. And like, that's yeah. half the fun of the journey is just like, okay, cool. We're yeah. going to do this. Oh my God. Amazing. We've come this far. Okay. We can do something else. Right. And she's been with you for a year. That's such a short amount of time. Right. Considering exactly. like all the, all the things that she came to you with, right. The, the, we won't call them pre-existing conditions because of your interest. So, but <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, um, any other, like, um, I don't know, any other highlight standouts of reactive redefined that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, one thing I remember on a group call me saying like we've gotten stuck with our muzzle training because I really want to get her muzzle trained for the vet because I can tell that she's very not comfortable and I would rather avoid any sort of biting situation. Um, And I remember just being like stuck and other people were agreeing with me and you just were like, you know what, take a week off. We don't need to do muzzle right now. Maybe it needs a week to take a rest and come back to it and see And it gave me this like mental space to just be like, okay, I don't need to worry about the muzzle right now. And, and all the training we've done up to now won't be lost if we don't keep it going right away. And then the next week I started muzzle training. Like I just did it once or twice and we've built up so much duration since then. Like we got from one second, I'm now up to 10 seconds. She holds her, her thing, her nose and her muzzle, which like, I didn't even think I could get to, but just having that mental space to not have to reach reach every goal right away and and realize that this is like a lifelong journey we're gonna have her for hopefully at least 10 more years so yeah that was that was a real highlight just I don't know like having that support from people being like it's okay if you can't do it now but when you're ready here are the tools that you you'll need and and how you can get it done Uh, that's just been the overall feeling from reactive redefined honestly Oh my God. I love it. Well, I think that there's this really common misconception, right? Is that you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent with the training and like Mm -hmm. that just misses the point. It just so misses the point, right? That like you could be consistent all day and all night, but if you don't acknowledge that you are, your learner is burnt out consistently. consistency means nothing. Right. And And we get burnt out really easily because of all of her challenges. So giving us that space has been so great. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So in our, if, um, a reactive dog guardian is listening right now and they have not made a lot of progress and they feel like there's no hope. Do you have any words of wisdom for them? I mean, absolutely. I remember in February thinking we're going to have to rehome this dog. And it was just, I mean, not, not to say anything bad for people who need to rehome their dogs. I completely respect and I'm in awe of people who are able to do that. Um, but you like, there's, there's definitely room to make progress and um, finding the right like support system and giving yourself space and not trying to fix everything at once has been really incredible. I think the, the separation anxiety training taught me that like, you can actually get a lot of progress if you start slower 
and and start with less expectations um and that's been something that's been really helpful like going on a walk with someone 10 meters ahead and 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 the, and now we're already two months later and this person is holding my dog's leash and giving her treats like it might not look like anything at the beginning but um there's definitely hope I think for everyone <laughs> and right. I hope that you can you can get there with your dog I feel how hard it is honestly I do right well and it's like hold space for the small wins right and that's something that's non-negotiable and reactive redefined is that I literally make everyone celebrate something no matter how small because we all know right like we all know the the space right and like Mm -hmm. how if we can take a moment to recognize that like you handing the leash off to the walker is huge right it's like absolutely huge I think that mm-hmm. that gives you the motivation and like the uh, like literal emotional space to go forward, right? Yeah. Like I think we get so hung up in like the heavy emotions and it's that's not so productive, exhausting. right? Like yeah. it, that's not motivating for anyone. Oh my God. Well, that's the thing, like Reactive Redefined, you also send us these little notebooks at the beginning where we write down our wins and challenges for every day throughout the whole program. And like, I don't necessarily feel like I need to fill it out every day, but it's right by my bedstand and I'm a big person on like writing things down. And it's really helped me look back and be like, oh my gosh, she had a lot of wins this week, even if there were some challenges. And honestly, the further we get into the program, the more wins I'm finding and I'm struggling to find challenges at this point. Not to say that there aren't any, but like usually on a day, it's easier for me to write down a win than a challenge, Um, which is really great because at the beginning, I think it was the opposite. Oh my God. Right. Oh my. I'm so glad that you use the notebooks. I just like, I can't, I love it so much. I can't not send something like physical, right? Like everything I do is huge on like writing things down physically. I'm not good at like keeping notes on my computer or my phone. So this has really been just really great. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Okay. So Inara, if listeners wanted to connect with you, does Billy have an Instagram or is it just yours? Oh my God. I've, I've been considering making her one. So I really think uh, you should. not yet. Okay. I know. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to get there maybe over Christmas. I'll, I'll start it because most of my content now is Billa and maybe my other friends don't necessarily see all my dog content although honestly posting on Instagram about my reactive dog has gotten so many great reactions from people I didn't even know were perhaps struggling with a reactive dog or had a dog and were so interested in my journey and so that's also I would recommend like if you're a reactive dog owner and you enjoy social media like start talking about it because that support has also been hugely instrumental in our journey so far and has given me a lot of confidence um just just sharing like we're having a hard time and people are so lovely. My God, seriously, the reactive dog community on Instagram. Talk, talk about restoring my faith in humanity. It is a beautiful, warm place. So if you are looking for support, please join us over on Instagram. Nora, thank you so much for chatting with me. I think that a lot of dog guardians are going to relate to what you had to say. Well, thanks so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to doing the rest of our program. I think this month is going to be really fun. Yeah. 
So I know that CBD is very popular right now, but did you know that there are other cannabinoid profiles that we can use for not only ourselves, but our, our dogs as well? Vetsias has a new product out that is not only CBD, but it also uses CBG and CBN to act together to bring pretty strong results to the dogs. The new combination of the CBG, CBD, and CBN is really good for dogs with significant anxiety, excessive inflammation, or dysfunction of the neurologic system. I have been using the new profiles for Tiva. Many of you know my 14-year-old dog Tiva, and I've seen some really awesome changes in her mobility since starting the CBD, CBG, CBN combination. So if you're interested in trying any CBD products or checking out the new profile, check out vetcs.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.